Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text 580-580. With Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth, here is Steve Gregory. Just thinking how nice it was last week when Dora was here. Oh. Remember that? What a great oh, hour that oh, was. Hold on. It's so nice looking across and seeing <laughs> Dora beautiful. What did that take? And now we like got Steve. Five seconds? <laughs> yes. Just five seconds? You guys are already abusing The music me? was still going. Yeah, <laughs> and you were thinking about that, what you are going to say, right? Right off the bat? Oh, yeah. I think about this all week, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was nice having Dora in here. I was away uh, in Toronto for my son's basketball. But I did listen, and you guys abused me, and I, How I did do? listen. How'd your son do? More importantly, uh, they played a really, really challenging tournament, a little bit over their head. Uh, they went one. So in, in other words, they didn't win. No, they went one and three. They won okay. one game and lost three. But there's some talented, talented kids, man. It was awesome to watch. So, so well, basketball. We're we're a hockey country still, but basketball's taking the forefront. I mean, I don't know if you guys know it, but Canada's trying to qualify for the Olympics, and uh, they beat a very highly ranked France team yesterday, and didn't even just beat them. They them, so. And what did they think about mortgage rates when they were playing? They just like they're too high, <laughs> yeah. way too high. Does Italy have a team, a basketball Wait, team? Yes, they are. They're ranked very high, actually. Thank you. Really, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Now, none, none right. of the players are from the south where I'm from because we don't have height. It's in the north that the height is all. You don't have height. <laughs> no. no. Well, I think five ten is tall, but anyway. Well, you, you can tell. <laughs> On a chair. You can, you can <laughs> tell. You can tell you don't have height because your shorts are actually capris. <laughs> Speaking uh, of rates, what the heck is going on? What's going on? What's going on with, the, with honestly, the five-year rate? It's uncertainty right now. So the bond market continues to spike. Um, I, I mean, you've got the U.S. Feds this week uh, again. The Powell came out and said, "Hey, if I got to continue to raise rates, I'll continue to raise rates." Things are a little bit different in the U.S. than they are in Canada, uh, where where the job numbers are still fairly healthy in the U.S., but in Canada, we're starting to see them deteriorate. Um, again, the inflation numbers high. There was some, uh, they were pushing uh, the, uh, Powell to maybe change the inflation number from two to three. Why does it have to be two? Why can't it be three? And then if it's a three, we're all in line. But he pushed that back and said, nope, we're going to keep it at two. Same with Europe. Though. Uh, they're same they're with on Europe. board with that too. But if you look at every country, they have different elements to categorize what inflation is. So, uh, you know, some countries have car loan payments. That's part of the inflation number. So we don't. So it's, so it's not apples to apples all the time. But- you know, September 6th is fast approaching. We're, we're a week and a half away from September 6th, the next Bank of Canada announcement. There's still a 50-50 chance they're going to raise rates. Are uh, they factoring that in with these? Of course they are. Yeah. But many economists are saying, what's the point? What's an, like, we're tackling inflation. Inflation's come down. And honestly, once we hit January and February, that inflation number should be well, well lower into the twos because right now it's driving it up unless fuel prices continue to skyrocket. Uh, which they've stabilized over the last month or so. But, you know, uh, shelter costs are going to come down tremendously. I mean, they represent 30% right now year over year. But once, you know, the big, the last big increase was in December. Then after that, did a quarter point in January and then took a pause for six months. So we're we're coming to the end of where shelter is, is, is going to drop the inflation number down. And really, two months ago, if you took away the shelter cost anyway, inflation was at 2%. So What's the point? A lot of economists are saying, what's the point of raising it another quarter point right now? Just for the next four months, the jobless rate has, has, has gone up and will probably continue to go up. I'll tell you who's not hurting from this, the banks. 
The banks are still recording record profits. You know, I think RBC posted something like $3.5 billion. Of TD net. was down, though, weren't they? TD was down, but listen, you're down, <clears> but you're still at two point something billion. So, uh, but, but is it TD? Yeah. Is TD the bank that's trying to get away from mortgages? Like their rates no. are, are drastically high? No, that's Scotiabank. Scotia, okay. Scotiabank's <laughs> been out of market most of this year. Uh, TD has been in market most of this year. Uh, they're now almost close together. TD's still a little bit better. Uh, but the spreads are fairly healthy for the banks right now. Like they've got some pretty good spreads today. So what's your what's your your personal thought on what's going to happen September sixth? Because I'll tell you what's going to happen to the real estate market. If well, is. listen, the real estate market is probably already paying the price for it. But um, you know, I I think the Tiff Macklem has been on this road to. I don't care what I got to do if I got to continue to increase it. I will. We got to get it down to two percent. But all he's doing is creating more damage and probably speeding up the fact that they're going to come back down. So by raising another quarter point, that's fine for now, and he's going to show like he's doing the responsible thing. But it's Canadians are struggling. Listen, there's there's ads out there of Canadians that are renting out their not only bedrooms, but their master bedrooms to make ends meet, to make their mortgage payments. So, And this isn't for, for Is everybody. that on the OnlyFans site? Yeah. No, no, no. In, in, no, it's, it's, no, no. It's you can true. read it. We, 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 yeah. have, we have people right now, Steve, that have been homo- homeowners most of their adult life are now going into rentals. And the problem with that is rentals are so high too, yeah. but there's a lot of people that can't afford the home ownership right now because the rates keep going up and up and up. And there's people that are selling their houses to move into a rental because they can't afford it anymore. And, you know, what's going to happen with the rental rates? They're going to go skyrocketing again. But what's be that so going to much- do to house prices? <clears throat> if everybody gets on board, if their mortgages are coming up for renewal all at the same time and they can't afford their house... What does that do to the value of their home when they uh, go to sell it? It's, it's it's already coming down. I mean, I know we're, we we talk about since the end of January, the rates or the average sale price has gone up, but you can still get houses out there with a great deal. I mean, there's some areas in the city that are swamped with housing, uh, and then there's other areas that don't have anything. But I mean, our our listings are starting to increase. There's a lot more opportunity. Um, you know, it was, it, was, it was the exact opposite of when we were going through COVID. During COVID, the rates were super low, but the prices were super high. Now the prices are down quite a bit, but the rates are so high. So it's it's a double-edged whammy. They, they don't know whether they should buy right now or they should hold off. But I do believe, and I know it's delayed, and I thought this would already happen by now, we are going to see a surge. We are definitely going to see a surge again like we saw at the start of 2022. Not as crazy as 2022, but eventually as those rates start coming down, we're so short on inventory uh, we're, we are going to see a surge again. We're going to see a, a, a But when is that going to happen? Well, I would have thought, thought it would have already yeah. happened, to be honest with you. And I was wrong because I did say, I think by summer, if not the tail end of 2023, that that will happen. And it's not going to happen. Um, but until we can get those rates down, I don't know what's going to happen to the real estate market. And then September 6th, if they do raise rates again... We're already seeing zero optimism in the market right now, like zero. And, you know, when they stayed flat, uh, we saw optimism. We saw people jumping back into the market. And it's too bad because prices are now where you can get an affordable house, but just people aren't jumping in because they can't afford the payments. My guess is the first month they go down, that's when it explodes. It might, it could explode. It could explode because just that little bit of optimism. For me, it's not even what the rate is. It's the psyche of the optimism of that buyer. And I think that even if they stay flat on September 6th, I do believe there's going to be more optimism and people might start to jump into the market. But if you're trying to time this, I think that's a big mistake too. Because if you start timing and saying, oh, I'm going to wait until the rates get down into the mid threes until I jump back in the market. The problem is 
with the average sale price around 650, what's the average sale price going to be at that point? It could be 725. It could be increased that much. I have a feeling the minute they come down that first time, you're going to see homes hitting the market and you're going to see people buying. And if they don't buy by then and they come down a second time, they might be priced out. I agree. I agree. We are, and my team right now, anytime you do a price reduction, a, a, a sold home, a listed home, we always send out a team email. We are getting a lot of price price reductions right now. There's a ton of price reductions. And it's funny. I think I told this story. Uh, one of my agents at one point when we were going through all this craziness and the market was just slowly starting to shift, he sent out a team email and he's like, hey, does anyone know the language how to get a price reduction? Because <laughs> we haven't, we hadn't had to do one for like two years, right? True. And it was true. Like there was no such thing as a price reduction. In fact, most homes we were putting on the market were price increasing, not reducing. But now we're seeing a lot. I mean, this this week alone, there was 277 homes that decreased their price, that lowered their price, which is quite a lot, quite a lot. And keep in mind, when we were going through the pandemic, maybe you saw two homes reduce their price. Yeah, only because they were trying to be greedy out of the gate. And then they had to lower it. Yeah, but no, that's the market's definitely shifted. Uh, there's not a lot of optimism in the market. Uh, and it, let's see what happens uh, September 6th. And it's probably good timing. Because probably two of the slowest months of the year are the are the, the the week sorry two of the slowest weeks of the year are the week the French kids go back to school and the week the English kids go back to school. So once the the, uh, the English kids go back on the fifth, I think the market starts to go again. But then the next day we have the rate announcement. So let's see what's yeah. going to happen at that point. So you got back to school and you got Christmas, right? The two worst times. Yep, yep. Back to school is usually people put everything on hold yeah. for back to school. I mean it's it's just really slow. I mean I know this week. I think I, I got a call from one of my inside sales agents saying, you know, we have nobody really working, right? Everyone's on vacation. And I was like, well, we, we have a few agents, but I'm not too worried because it's not overly busy right now. Yeah, you can still certainly service people. Oh, absolutely. We still have people around to service, but it's just a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm here. For the, if, I'm around for appointments, but, you know, I'm trying to take a little time off. So if, if nothing comes in, I'm fine with that as well. So are they on vacation or are they working from home? <laughs> <laughs> Don't start with me, Frankie. <laughs> Hey, I thought these rate increases were supposed to take six months to take effect. So why do we keep raising rates if we haven't caught up to the six months yet? Well, because the inflation number keeps coming, the, the stats can, keeps coming out with these numbers that that really scare the market and the bondholders. So right now, there's, you know, people invest in the bond market when the bond market has a nice rate of return. And right now, there's a decent rate of return. And it's a safe investment as opposed to stocks that have some risk associated to them. So... Right now, there's people taking money out of the stock market because they're afraid of a recession, and they're putting it into the bond markets. That continues to drive bond markets up as well. So, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we're we're almost at the end of this this little rocky road that we've been on for the last you know 14, 15, 16 months. There's maybe one more increase left, and that's it. There shouldn't be much more. The fuel prices have calmed down, so oil has stayed. Just under eighty dollars a barrel, so that that shouldn't impact inflation. Although, again, if they do raise do, them one more time, are we headed when, for that recession we've been waiting for? Well, again, you talked to or Powell this week. Uh, uh, U.S. Fed said that he doesn't think a recession's coming, and if it is, it's a very soft landing. Where you've got other economists that think that it's going to be a quite the deep, and right now there's a lot of hidden information that's not coming out in some of the stats that are out and the way that people are feeling. And I, from my standpoint, I get people to call me all the time and say. We're making ends meet, but it's a struggle. It's much a much bigger struggle than we've ever anticipated. So, and these are these are dual income families. We're not yeah. talking about single income. We're talking about dual income that have decent jobs, decent income, and they're struggling to make ends meet. You know, Frank, you said that 
you know, you feel like we're at the end here. This is it and stuff. I, I feel like we've been saying that now for a year, though. Like, I, I, I hate to be the pessimistic one here, but we did think this was over. We didn't think they were going to raise again, and yeah. they, they did twice. Well, yeah, they get to revisit it three more times before the year is over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope this is the end. I really do, because like Frank said, there's a lot of people struggling right now. Yeah. Struggling bad. Wow, you guys are so happy. Well, I, listen, we tell the truth. This is what's going on in the market. This is the this Can is Can you the not truth. lie to me? Just lie to me a little bit. You know where I was going with that one. I'm not going there. 521-TALK, <laughs> We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. Well, the fun we talk about in the breaks, eh? <laughs> the best shows are off the air. I'm oh, yeah. You. I'm just glad. So Greg's obviously is here again, and he's recording the show. And this time he's actually recording Frank. So you know the recordings are obviously going to go a little bit downhill on this one. Your but, viewership is going way up on your Instagram. But, 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 way up. but I'm just thinking, if Greg ever recorded... The breaks? The, not allowed. The breaks? I, I, not allowed. I got him to sign a contract. We'd be in a lot of trouble. We'd be in a lot of trouble. I got him to sign a contract. He can't record me during the break. <laughs> I don't think it's as bad as you're making it out. <laughs> we'll, we'll be talking compensation after. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Oh, yeah. We're talking blackmail, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, Greg has a brand new house. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. So you're saying listings are up a little bit? They are up a little bit. We're just just shy of 4,000 listings on the market right now, which is which is good news. Is that be uh, the highest we've been in like? Two and a half, three years. It would be, yeah. So our, you know, our rentals are up. Our active, our active listings are up. Uh, but interestingly enough, when you when I tracked them by the week, new listings by week were were pretty flat from where we were last week. So it's consistently high, is what I'm saying. Uh, sold properties by week actually increased a little bit, but the average sale price dropped this week. Ooh, yeah. Average sale price dropped this week, and uh, what about days on market? Uh, well, I wait until the stats come out at the end, but you know, we were up, we were up days on market. I think we're at 26 days on market when, you know, for a lot of people that's like, wow, we're up to 26 days on market. But like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you remember the days when it was four five, six, seven months on market. Yeah. So it was, you know, if I would have said back then that one day we're going to be 26 days on market, I would have said, whoa, that's going to be an awesome market. So it's, you know, we're still in a strong market. I still laugh at when people come in or the, someone who's just relatively new in the business and they're like, wow, this is a tough market. And I'm like, no, just a normal market. Like this is what realtors are paid to do is navigate a tough market. And it is a tough market. And then you got to find different ways to get properties sold. And you have to find creative ways to get buyers in the door. You remember when the market was predictable? I do. You would have your spring, you would have yeah. your fall. Yeah. And and someone asked, they, like, people ask me all the time now, uh, should I put my house on the market now? Should I wait until this? Should I do that? What should I do? What do you expect in the spring? What do you think is going to happen next summer? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And I used to be able to predict just about every market. I could tell you, here's what's going to happen in September. Here's what's going to happen in October. Don't do this in November. Make sure you do this in December. Now it's kind of like, you almost got to throw it out, throw that out the window because it, we're, we're kind of at the mercy of the rates right now and to see how the market reacts to that. And I, you know, I'm, Looking forward to September. I'm not really looking forward to it, but I'm interested to see what's going to happen on September 6th. And that's pretty much going to, after that, I'll be able to tell you what's going to happen on the market because it's going to go boom. It's going to go flat. If they stay 
flat with rates on September 6th. You uh, think it'll have an effect on the market, or I are do. we just going to coast the way we are now? No, I do. I, I think we're going to coast the way we are right now. And, and don't get me wrong. There's, I mean, we're, we're, we're going into bidding wars on houses. I mean, we're selling houses for asking price, and then some we're selling for under asking price. So there are some areas that are still really, really hot in this city, and there's some areas that are really, really slow in this city. In this city. We're still in a seller's market. But it feels more like a balanced market, even though it is a seller's market, because I think we went through the hottest seller's market in history. And I think people are now thinking that market's so long gone, but we're not really far off that. I mean, our, our, we're, we're still less than one month on the market, which is a strong seller's market. As we get closer to, you know, three and four months on market, then we're really getting into that balanced market. But right now, even though in certain areas it feels like a buyer's market, certain areas it feels like a balanced market, in other areas it feels like a seller's market. But in a whole, we're still in a seller's market. We're still in a very good market. So don't be scared to get your house on the market. And if you're a buyer, don't be scared to buy right now because you think the rates are going to I mean, – this is happening too. We have buyers that are saying, no, I'm going to wait a few more months. It's going to tumble. I'm going to wait till next uh, till next year. It's going to tumble. I've worked with so many people who thought that was going to happen and tried to time the market, and then they really shot themselves in the foot because the market took off so, so quick. And some of those people were people at the end of 2021, in the middle of 2021, when the market started to dip a little bit. They're like, oh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And then January 2022 rolled around. Boom, it took off, and they couldn't even get into the market at that time. But we didn't have the debt we have now, right? Like what well, happened? We didn't have the debt, but keep in mind, and, and you know, just to follow up on uh, Paul's point, I think that if they stay flat on September 6th, that's one thing. It doesn't eliminate the risk of rates, that prime rate going up again in October. So like I said, I really believe we got another three or four months that we need to worry about, about Bank of Canada changing that prime rate. Once we get through December, I think that's where it's going to be much better because then the year over year – you know, he raised prime by a quarter point in January and then paused for six months. So I think that's the time frame where I think we'll be safer and be able to predict that rates, Bank of Canada is not going to move anymore. But the September 6th staying flat will be a good sign. There'll be a little bit of optimism, but not until the end of like the October meeting will there be a little bit more optimism at that point heading into the yeah, winter. But I can agree with that. You know, today the price of homes are high, interest rates are high. You've got clients today that are looking for cash flow, and and really that's the most important thing. They want to stay in their home. They bought their home five years ago, 10 years ago. Their goal is to stay in their home. So if it means increasing the amortization, then that's a sacrifice they have to make right now to stay in their home to keep their monthly payments as uh, as good as they are. But what I do is I do, you know, I say to clients today, proceed with caution because when we're in these times that we are now, and the banks, as much as they've done very well, their mortgage profits are down. So now they start to become creative. And I know there's banks out there doing these cashback mortgages. The risk with the cashback, in my opinion, number one, you have to read the fine print. You have to understand what the cashback does. And if you absolutely need the cashback, then go for it. But know that you're likely committed to that mortgage for that term, the five years. Because if interest rates do come down two year, over the next two years, and then all of a sudden the interest rates are 2.5% less, and you want to get out of that mortgage, a lot of these lenders and banks have that you have to pay back the entire cashback at that point. So explain the cashback. Cashback is some banks will say, we're going to give you this rate for five years, and we're going to give you, you know, if your mortgage is 500000 and we're going to give you 2% cashback. So they'll give you $10,000 as well, cashback. But again, it's nice to have it. And if you absolutely need it because you're buying a house and you don't have enough funds to either close or your land transfer tax, great. The problem becomes if two years from now the interest rates are now instead of five and a half or three and a half, and you say, I think I'm going to see if I can renegotiate my mortgage. 
you got to give back the ten thousand dollars. That's why you got to read the fine print, and then what, that's what, a big hit on you. What if it goes right to the term though? You don't pay that back. You don't right? pay that back okay. because you have to honor the term. But that's why I'm saying. But then you have to no. renew with that bank though. No, no, no. no at the end no. of five years. So there are lenders out there right now, uh, and they advertise heavily on social media. What they do is they give this introductory offer. So there's three nine nine. I've seen three nine nine, four two nine. And what it is, it's a six-month mortgage, but you're actually signing a five-year term with them so that at the end of six months, you have to renew with them and take a fixed mortgage at that time. So so you really don't have any negotiating power at that You point. don't. You're getting this teaser rate up front for the first six months, but then you're going to pay for it on the back end. So, And you may not want to go into a five-year term because you know, if I look six months from now, that's when we're probably going to start to hear talk of Bank of Canada starting to reduce prime. And bond markets will start to come down. We'll start to see the interest rates come down. Well, is that the time you want to lock in or is that the time you might say, I think I want to ride this out for a little bit longer and maybe take a variable because now rates are on the downslope. Why would I commit to a fixed term now when, when rates are coming down? Let me go into the variable and wait for them to get to a certain point before I, I convert it to a fixed. It's, so, funny, it's funny you say that, Frank. I've been seeing a lot of mortgage brokers or mortgage broker companies on social media right now as almost like fear mongers. They're like, lock into this rate today. Rates are going up again. They're skyrocketing. Now's the time to lock into this rate, and the rate's not attractive. It's like Yeah, that news is about a year and a half old. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, and that's, but they're trying to lock you in. Like they're fear brokers and bankers are doing it too. The bankers, the branches are doing it because they're hurting for business. So they got to do everything they can. They're calling people six months, eight months, nine months in advance, getting them to early renew and getting clients to actually get out of a favorable mortgage at three, three and a half percent from five years ago and locking in today at five and a half or six or six and a quarter. And, and you're right. The fear mongering saying the rates could be seven at your renewal. So maybe you should do this now. Which I think is crazy. Yeah, they could because, also be four. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they're going to be four, but they're n- likely not going to be higher than they are today. So that's that's what's at stake. Steve, the one thing about this show is is we like to have this really high quality of a show. Why am I here? Well, but hold on. But you, you're in charge of this show, and you know we go to break at 29, and right now it's 1131. Can you take the show back, please, before I have to take it over again? Discipline has never been my point. <laughs> 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. Jeez. You guys are way too happy. Way too happy. It's a Saturday. We're getting to talk to all the people in Ottawa and surrounding area. Of course we're happy. We're heading into a long weekend. Are we? nice. Next week. Next Labor week's? Day? Oh, Next nice. weekend's Labor Day See, weekend. when you're as rich as Paul, you don't yeah, know, I know, when, I know when the days off are, <laughs> when they're not. What's well, a day off? Exactly. Yeah. Weeks. Hey, we were talking about amortizations before. Mm-hmm. Royal Bank, yep. 43% of the residential mortgages have an amortization of more than 25 years now. And TD? 43%. 48% yep. for TD. Again, two banks that have the static mortgage payments on variables. So for those that have that have carried their variable rate mortgages over the last 18 months, their payments haven't changed, but their amortizations have changed. There are clients out there with 50, 60, 70 year amortizations. And again, it's really going to hit them at renewal time. So right now. And when are they renewing these people? Most of them. Next two years? Next year to two years. So that's when they're going to get hit. I'm one of those people. (laughs) So so that's when you're going to get a renewal at that point. And we'll see if OSFI, makes any changes to this, they're going to have to, I think, 
because, you know, a family's payment could go up double, triple at that renewal because they got to get back into the amortization period that they originally signed for. They have to? Have to. Unless because there's an exception by then, unless they unless, change. Unless OSFI allows the banks to have an exception. So right now, during the term, it's allowed to go over the regulated amortization. But at renewal, it's totally different. So I don't understand why they allow that to begin with. Well, I think there's a push, and I think if we see any changes from OSFI moving forward, one of them will be that the static payments need to go away. They're already – well, I'll start talking about it more early fall – but they're already starting to make changes to lines of credits, home equity lines of credits, where you're not going to be able to keep the balance uh, with interest-only payments. You're going to start to see some of the banks have to uh, enforce where customers have to make principal reductions on their line of credit. Uh, you're not going to be able to continually use your line of credit um, to fund other things because um, the payment has to come down. So what they want to see is that the balances aren't – so in other words, what they're going after is the banks that have a certain amount. So if you're registered for four hundred and you have a $200,000 mortgage and a $200,000 line of credit, when you make a mortgage payment, maybe the balance goes down to one ninety nine, the line of credit goes to two hundred one. Right. they They're going to stop that from happening. And the only way that could happen then is if you're also making principal reductions. So, so again, Yeah, because your line of credit in those circumstances used to go up every time you paid down your mortgage, right? It, it is, and that's that's one of the rule changes that will probably be introduced in November. So so we're expecting that to happen uh, over the next month or two. They've already hinted at what's going to happen, but some of the banks now are starting to send out letters to consumers saying, hey, look for this to probably come to fruition. Do, do static payments go both ways when the, when the rates go up and the rates yes. go down? Yeah. Yes, which is, again, when rates go down, so a lot of people benefited. We didn't talk about it a lot, but if you had a static payment uh, you know, from 2020 and then you saw prime rate plummet over a two-month period when, when the pandemic started, uh, you know, a lot of people left their payments the way they are, and they benefited from it because their amortization actually came down because the interest rate came down, but they left their payments the way they are. So, but if you're in one of those banks that has the static payment, you don't have the choice anyways. Your payment stays the same. No, no. You can, you, you can opt to increase the payments. You yes. just don't have to. So, But for a lot of people, they didn't do it because, well, they can't afford to do it. They, they can't afford for their payments to come up. So, But static payments have probably helped some people too, right? Like there's some people that- Until kept now. Kept people in houses. Well, yeah, but, no, no, no. but even now, like when, when the static payment, you know, like if you're, if you're, what you pay every month doesn't go up, it stays static, even though the rates are, are going up. Yes, your amortization is increasing, but your static payment's not. If some people, if those payments increased by, I don't know, Five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars. People would have had to sell their People homes. Would have that's had to sell their that's house. the so argument. That's, that's what saved them. Yes. Yeah. That's the argument right now. Is that the static payment did help because there would have been a an influx of homes on the market if these a lot of these people didn't have the static payments. So, and again, just but now to, the question is, what happens at renewal time? Exactly. And just to reiterate. A lot of people chose a variable rate mortgage because historically it was the right way to go. It was it was a safe, had a little risk to it, but not a major risk like we saw. Historically, Bank of Canada didn't get as aggressive at raising prime the way they have over the last 18 months. And again, they heard the governor of the Bank of Canada tell Canadians to go ahead and borrow money because interest rates are going to remain low for a long, long time. So Canadians use that to make their decisions to take a variable rate mortgage. So, you know, as much as some people say, well, it's their fault, they shouldn't have taken a variable, but they listen to somebody of authority who controls what happens with interest rates, and they took that person's advice, and now they're being penalized for it. No, not so. just consumers. 
You guys too. Everybody. I mean, well, you, no, you, but everybody. You, yeah. I'm a consumer too. Yeah, like yeah. technically, I'm a yeah. mortgage agent, but yeah. I'm a consumer as well. Like Canadians uh, uh, as a whole. Yeah, but you got to base your forecast on something, right? So of course, of course I was I was it. super excited when in 2021 or 2022 we were talking on this show about rates are going to be low till tw- end of 2023. Well, here we are, almost near the end of 2023, and I don't think rates are low. No, but that's exactly what we were told. We were totally told that's what we were told. We were good until 2024. So there must have been a lot of mortgage brokers with a little bit of egg on, or bankers, mortgage brokers, whatever, with a little bit of egg on their face because everybody assumed the rates were staying low, and you guys were telling people variables the way to go, variables the way to go, and it really should have been, and it was. It's not only mortgage brokers; banks were doing the same thing. That's That's why there's so many banks that have. That's why you're seeing the numbers come out the way they are where their amortizations are above the 25-year mark and the 30-year mark in record numbers. But that's half of people with residential mortgages. Correct. So when all these mortgages come due... That's that's why I'm saying, in my opinion, interest rates have to be lower in 2025. We cannot be at this pace in 2025. The housing market will collapse entirely. I think it will too. Housing. So interest rates have to start coming down in 2024. It's possibly why he's being so aggressive right now because he understands, and I hope he does anyway, that in 2024, towards the second half of 2024 and into 2025, there has to be some significant decreases in interest rates. Otherwise, we're likely to see a collapse in the housing market. Yeah, I mean, when you when you come when you're coming up for renewal, if they haven't lowered those rates, we will see that. We will definitely see a really really bad scene here in the real estate market. Not to mention it's an election year in 2025, so that tends to drive interest rates down as well. Well, Not the politics play a part. But within the next year, if your mortgage is coming up, you... Well, so again, you know, normally we would advise you to take a one-year because you might as well take a one-year. If we think that interest rates are going to be lower in 2025, take a one-year or two-year. But now you're at six, seven, nine for that. (laughs) I would still still take a premium for the one-year. Yeah. I'd still still pay the premium. There's still a... Again, most customers, you know, we give choices, take a variable. Then you can lock in any time. Yeah. You can wait for it to lock in. Uh, but at the end of the day, it still comes down to you have to, uh, you know, for some people, it's too risky. They're scared. Like they don't want to take a one year because they're scared a year from now it's going to be 8 or, or, or 9%. They can't afford that. So some people will take what they think is the safe route of taking a five-year when they really should be considering a higher rate but a lower term. You know what, though? It's so it. close now. Like a five-year 614 and a variable is at 690. Well, Wouldn't you take the chance now, knowing that we've got to be close to unless the you think now? prime rate's going to go up another quarter point in September, so now six ninety becomes seven fifteen. So now there's a one point difference, and for some people, one point's a lot. I, I would be Even taking on the qualifying uh, side. I'd be taking a one or a two year. I'd swallow the rate, or I would take a variable. Is what I'd be doing. I wouldn't be locking in a five year fix. Steve, let me ask you a question. Back in the '30s, what were the rates when you were a kid? Uh, when I was thirty? No, wait. Back <laughs> in the 1930s. In the 30s, 1930s. No. But in the 80s, in the they 30s, were 18%. nobody had mortgages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were 18% in the early yeah. 80s. So, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, in the late 80s, they were still at more. 10, yeah, 11, yeah. 12% in the late 80s. And then yeah. in the 90s, we started seeing see them get into single figures. I think 13 or 14 is the most I ever paid. Most I ever paid was my first house. I paid 6.35 was my highest. Uh, until now. Until now. Yeah. yeah, I think my commercial mortgages are somewhere like 8 point something. Compared to... I was at 3.85. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's a big difference. And, you know, we, we talk about variable rate mortgages, but what a lot of people are also missing the point is when prime rate goes up, it impacts personal lines of credits, home equity line of credits. I, I had a client that wrote me and said, Frank, my, 
Line of credit payment used to be six fifty. Now it's nineteen hundred a month. Like that's a significant increase in a matter of twelve months, thirteen months yeah. that they can't afford. Like to them, they're saying, Frank, we need to figure something out because we can't afford to make this pay. And it's interest only. It's not even like any principal is coming off. It's interest only payments. So um, again, there's some concerns. I think the food prices have started to calm down. Uh, you know, a lot of people are expecting them to come down. I don't know that food prices come down. I mean. But you know, once, once, once you're it, there, how do you come down? You don't. It's, it's That's like, my point. Yeah, like, you just stop going down. up as well, much. It's, it's, yeah. Well, it's just like, the, the, you know, this morning we were talking about cars. You know, the, a car that, you know, used to be 80 grand is now 110 grand. And, and Frank, you said, well, they'll, they'll eventually come down. Like, why would they come down? If someone's going to pay 110, let them Unless pay Unless we stop buying. Well, that's it. I mean, it's probably. Once they have cars on the lots, that's when you're going to start to see yeah. them come down. But they're so. not going to have cars on the lots because I've talked to many, many dealers and many owners of dealerships, and they're like, why would we have 200 inventory cars sitting on the lot? We just don't need to. Well, now they realize they don't they have do. to anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They don't yeah. have to anymore. They can wait till you order it, and I, then you're going to pay sticker anyway. Well, I remember when this was back in probably like May or June, I was looking for cars with my girlfriend. And we, I think we went into either Nissan or Toyota or one of those. And she said, she was looking for a big car. So she says, what's the biggest car you have? Uh, and I think it might have been the, what's a Pathfinder? Is that Nissan? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Nissan. So it would have been Nissan. So she, they said, oh, our biggest car is the Pathfinder. And she's like, oh, okay. Can I take a look at it? And she's like, yep, yeah, just come back in November. Wow. And I'm like, you don't have one Nissan Pathfinder you can show me. And they said, nope, we won't have one till November. That's going to change. You're going to get a lot of texts today saying, we have some now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, she's, don't worry, she's already bought a car, so don't, don't text me and tell me. <laughs> 521-TALK, 521-8255. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. Paul Rushworth is here. Frank DiPolitano is here. Can I uh, can I do a spread a little bit of optimism? Because I feel like we've been a very real show today, but maybe a little, um, uh, little maybe a little bit pessimistic on what's going to happen or what is happening and what's going on in the market and the rates and stuff like that. But I just want people to remember that our average sale price, I'm not sure where it's going to be at the end of this month. Is I'm, I should have the numbers by next week, potentially. Mm. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Um, but we have since the end of, January, we've increased our average sale price every single month going go, since the end of January. So we, we are heading in the right direction, and I do probably expect the numbers to be heading in the same direction uh, when the numbers come out for August. So I know we've been a little doom and gloom and a little negative and stuff like that, but we're just trying to be real. But saying that, we're still in good shape. We're, our average sale price is increasing. Our days on market are still under 30 days on market, which is really phenomenal. We're still in a seller's market, but there is still an opportunity for buyers out there now. You know, going through the crazy start to 2022, there was no opportunity for buyers. We had no houses on the market. Everything was going $100,000, $200,000 over asking price. So now sellers are still winning, but buyers are also having the opportunity to win as well because there's certain areas in the city where you can win as a buyer. So it's, I feel like it's a very good, even though we're not in a balanced market, feels like a balanced market for buyers and sellers. So I, I feel like both parties usually go over the last two years, usually somebody was getting 
screwed. Yeah. And now I feel like it's a bit of it's it's a bit of both. There's buyers can win and sellers can win in this market. So when so. you're optimistic segment here you're saying that we can both get screwed now, the buyer <laughs> and the seller. No. No. No, <laughs> let me change that. What they what we can do is we can both win, yeah. right? A seller yeah. can win and a buyer can win. There's certain areas that the buyers are probably in the driver's seat and there's certain areas that the sellers are in the driver's seat and then there's other areas that you're both in the driver's seat. And I think the seller will get a fair price and the buyer will feel like they paid a fair price for the property. Has too. it ever been more important to have somebody negotiating for you? It's, somebody that's good at negotiating right uh, now? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You need, it's a challenging market for both the listing side and the buy side. Um, I mean, like I said, we've, some of the hardest things to do is to have to hit your seller with a price reduction. It's hard. It's a hard talk. Hey, Mr. And Mrs. Seller. I know we were hoping to get six ninety nine. It's not working. We're not getting enough showings or the feedbacks. We need to get that that price down. That's always a hard conversation because sellers feel like they're taking money out of your pocket. And then on the buy side, there's times where I know you know start of twenty twenty two, we had to go go with our buyers and say you need to pay two hundred over if you want to get this home. But now it's where do you have to go to get this home? Sometimes you do have to go to asking price. Sometimes you can negotiate. But I know the the um, List to, sa- list to sale price ratio is really, really thin right now. I don't even know what it is right now, but it's really, really thin. Whereas before I used to get, you know, anywhere from 96, 97% of asking price. You know, at one point we we're going through that crazy pandemic, we were getting 110% of asking price. But now you're you're hovering around, you know, a, uh, 99, 100% of asking price is really where, where the market is hovering around. So you're still able to negotiate a little bit, but in certain areas, there's no negotiation. You just have to go in and pay the price. It's important to price it right out of the gate, though. Eh? Really important, especially in this market. You know, you could have cheated a little bit last year. You can't cheat this year. I mean, you have to actually price a home per, uh, perfectly in order to get enough buyers through the door. You know why? Because there's a lot of comparables. You know, there's when I say there's, I mean, our listings are increasing, but you know, there's there's some areas that there might be there would have been like you know five or six townhomes on the market. Now there's twenty four, twenty five townhomes on the market. So when you're pricing it, you have to use all those as your comparables, and you, you know you have to look at what you have, your features you have compared to what they have, and make sure it's priced perfectly. And listen, a seller, listen, I've sold my own homes. I overpriced. Well, in my mind, I overpriced my property. When it's your own home, it's really really hard. Yeah. So, but you need to trust the the expertise of a realtor when it comes to pricing on that. Frank, I was reading this this week. You tell me if this is accurate. 25% of first-time home buyers need help from their parents right now for their down payment. It feels higher some days. I well, feel it's higher, and too. Thir- and 35, no, sorry, 35% need help with their down payment, and 25% need help with their payments month to month. That well, sound about right? It, it does sound about right. And in, in some weeks, it feels higher than that. Um, today, young Canadians are getting into their first home. They're, they're not quite established in their career, so they're not earning the high enough income to be able to qualify based on not only are the interest rates high, but then we got to add two percentage points on top of the rate they're getting to qualify them. So uh, what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of parents and or siblings having to either help them with the down payment, help them with the monthly payments, or, or even have to co-sign slash guarantor the mortgage for, guarantee the mortgage for them. So uh, again, it's tricky right now. A lot of the banks don't allow for guarantors. Mortgage brokers have access to guarantor program, which again, just to uh, reemphasize, is basically the parents don't go on title, uh, they don't go on technically on the mortgage documents. They're just on as guarantors, uh, and they only get impacted uh, or even contacted if the payments get behind. So they're, you know, if they trust their kids to make the payments, and they just know that they don't qualify, they just got to help them that way. That's where we're seeing a lot of parents uh, 
having to go on as guarantors. But uh, that's what high interest rates have done. They've 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 involved getting, and you know, we saw it even when the interest rates were low because the price of homes were going up so much that even at that point they were struggling to to qualify because the house because the, the bidding wars that were happening with houses during COVID. If you're going on as a guarantor. You better get a letter from a lawyer saying that if the spouses split. 100%. Well, that's on any – whether you're going on as guarantor or whether you're gifting down payment, I always say to the parents, listen, when you meet with the lawyer, make sure that you get a contract or a document in place that just says that if something happens with the relationship that that money comes back to you, the equity comes back to you. So you want to protect yourself in that scenario. But I get parents that often if they come in – what they'll do is they'll call me after the fact. They don't want to say it with the with the kids there, right? So what they'll do is they'll call me after the fact and say, how should I approach this? And I say, from my experience, I mean, I would do it through the lawyer. But you still got to have a conversation with the kids to say that. But have the lawyer bring it up. But have the lawyer you know what? put the document I, I, This out. is not me. I'm, yeah, not, yeah, I'm yeah. not involved. You know, I'm not emotionally involved. Exactly. Either, but the lawyer says I have to. You got it. That's That's the best way to do it so that at least you protect your assets. It's always it's, important to protect those assets. It really, yeah. <laughs> it really, you know what? We're talking about a house. We're talking about yeah. the biggest purchase yeah. there. So uh, again, and you know, I've got clients that sometimes call me and they're going through separation, and it's it's not pleasant. I mean, they're not amicable, and are it's they not ever? An, am, an amicable? Well, uh, yeah. The day you decide they're amicable, are. then you go to the lawyer. Not so yeah, much yeah. after. No, that. no. Surprisingly, there are actually we're seeing more and more of them that are coming and they're, and listen, they've been married 25, 30 years, and they've just decided they're going in different directions, and yeah. it's pretty amicable actually uh, in a lot of cases. But then there's the odd where one party wants to leave and the other one doesn't. That's when it gets ugly yeah, and still tough. And separation agreements could be dragged out two, three years, and therefore you're stuck in that home for that two, three years. So. Oof. Tough. Birthdays, birthdays. I got a couple. Uh, of course, Ruth Katana, uh, good friend of ours, uh, celebrating her. Well, I can't say the number, but let's just say she's eligible for OAS today. So uh, you can figure out that number. Is you know what that's like, Steve? But uh, <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm okay. nowhere near there. So. I've read about it. Uh, yeah, you've read about it. DC uh, Darren Campbell, one of our uh, lenders, celebrating his birthday this week, and good my dude. brother-in-law, the bricklayer, who's in the room, celebrating celebrating a milestone birthday in a week. So. Wow, oh, wow, 70 already. 70, yeah. that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even introduce me. Didn't in the house. He's a bricklayer. But, you know, bricklayers don't work that hard, so. Oh, oh here we go. Uh, uh, now I bug him see, all the time. See, There's he, a 10% he had to have, chance he had, of rain. He had to throw one jab in oh, yeah. at you. Yeah. I, he knows about jabs. I'm a jabber. I don't have anybody, you know. I'm, you know I, I know. We, that. we feel so bad for you, yeah. Paul. I he did. has nobody. I don't have his one birthday, Petra's. That's the only one. I can't forget that one. But I was not on the show last weekend was my dad's birthday. I know I didn't yeah, do it the week before, but I do it. want to wish my dad a happy birthday. I know you guys wished him, yeah. so thank you very much. Paul at paulrushforth.com, Frank N at mortgagebrokersottawa.com. Have a great week, gentlemen. Have a great weekend, and please continue to support local businesses and charities.